I want to begin with a word of prayer. Father God, in heaven, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the opportunity to rehearse and review the gospel truths through your word. We ask that you would speak loud and clear, louder than me, Father God, that those who listen would be blessed and encouraged and inspired uh, in this season of their lives. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to take some time to reflect on either the season that you're currently in or a time in your life where you didn't really know what God wanted you to do. You Maybe it was a gray area in your professional career or a gray area uh, in your marriage or maybe you went through a difficult season as a parent and you needed God's direction and you needed God to speak to you. Um, our lesson tonight is a beautiful story about the experience of Jacob in a season of his life where there was a lot of uncertainty. As we reflect on this lesson, I know that some of what we talk about from the perspective of Jacob will not resonate with everyone who listens. If it doesn't resonate with you, I'm going to ask you to prayerfully consider how you might minister to the needs of someone who finds themselves in an uncomfortable space where they are in pursuit of answers or clarity about something in their life. They're working to reconcile a relationship or a marriage or get back on their feet after a, a nasty divorce or try to find a job that respects and honors them, whatever that might be. I want you to imagine uh, this lesson as an opportunity to uh, think about how you might minister to someone who is in a space uh, in their life, in their ministry, in their family, where uh, they need to hear from God. I'll begin with Genesis 28, 18, and 19. Here's what it says. And Jacob arose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that, I'm reading the verse 21 as well, I may come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone, 
which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth of it unto thee. Our lesson aim. The aim of this lesson is to recognize the events that caused Jacob to name the place where he awoke Bethel and understand why it was considered the house of God. Our memory verse is found in Genesis, the 35th chapter, in the 15th verse, and it reads, And Jacob called the name of that place where God spake with him Bethel, where God spoke with him Bethel. In the NIV, Jacob called the place where God had talked with him Bethel. For the sake of our lesson, I think it's important for us to uh, go a little farther back to see how we got here. We know that the Bible says that God promised to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. He had uh, his wife, Sarah, uh, for whom they gave birth uh, to Isaac. Isaac was married to Rebekah, who um, at that particular time, was unable to give birth to children. The Bible says that God uh, also promised to Isaac and Rebekah that he would not only give them one child, but he would give them twins. And the result of that are two twins in the persons of Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau couldn't be any more different. One um, was red-headed and and, and and probably better looking than the other. One was a hunter while the other was a shepherd. Uh, they, they each um, have favorites. Uh, Isaac uh, favored Esau and Rebecca uh, favored Jacob. They had a very interesting uh, relationship. One was smooth and the other was hairy. They were very different uh, brothers. And scripture records that um, there was a little mix-up in the birthright that was aided um, by the fact that in Isaac's old age, he uh, became hard of seeing. Uh, and then also uh, his wife, Rebecca, would aid her favorite child um, in taking the birthright or the blessing um, that would traditionally be uh, for the firstborn, uh, which would go to Esau, it ended up being uh, given to Jacob. The Bible says that um, Jacob and Rebekah would then send, or Isaac and Rebekah rather, would then send uh, Jacob away to a foreign land to uh, marry there with the caution that um, he should be careful about what he marries. And the Bible says that um, Jacob follows his parents' instructions and the Lord favors Jacob. And eventually, uh, Jacob decides um, that he uh, will need to return home. Our lesson captures uh, the experience that Jacob has as he returns to Beersheba, uh, where his mother, father, and brother live. We also need to know that 
Uh, the Bible records that both Jacob and Esau, through the prophecy that would come to their parents, Isaac and Rebekah, were told that they would be uh, both the uh, patriarchs of two of respective nations. Each of them would lead uh, a nation of individuals, and there would be um, thereafter conflicts between those two nations. The, the prophecy came that uh, uh, Rebecca had within her womb two nations, and the prophecy began to be uh, fulfilled when um, Isaac, um, his two sons, would go off to marry um, and develop um, in abundance two different families. So our lesson um, picks up where um, after the, the, the both of these men had grown uh, to be uh, fathers and husbands, it is the decision of um, our friend Jacob to return uh, to his father and his mother's house. En route to his father and mother's house, the scripture records that he falls asleep. Let's read this. Let's go uh, to Genesis. I, want, I think it's important for us to walk through this experience. The lesson uh, gives us a very uh, high-level overview um, of what um, we see happening in this scenario. However, I think that we, we don't want to miss uh, some of the key uh, highlights um, in our text. So I'm just going to, um, to read um, from verse 1. I'm going to read from verse 1 and kind of walk us through exactly what is happening in the scripture. And Isaac, verse 1, and I am reading from the King James Version. Uh, and Isaac, verse 1, chapter 28, verse 1, uh, called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padan Aram to the house, excuse me, of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply, that thou mayest be a multitude of people. So here, um, after the mix-up with the birthright and the blessing and the trickery with the skin and the story that you're likely already familiar with, if not, please read uh, Genesis 26 and 27, um, God... All right, so then we get to um, the, our, our text where uh, it is that in the 10th verse, uh, Jacob decides to return um, back to his family. And he goes back to his hometown uh, of Beersheba, according to verse 10, and he goes to Beersheba and he went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took the stone of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in the place to sleep. And he dreamed, this is what he, the, this lesson uh, is centered around, a dream uh, that um, Jacob would have. He has a dream and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angel of God ascending and descending on it. 
And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. Now, this is God speaking to Jacob in a dream in a place where he just randomly falls asleep. Not supposed to, not there, there's no, um, from Jacob's perspective, there is no significance in the place where he falls asleep. This is important to note. He falls asleep there, according to scripture, simply because the sun sets. And while he is sleeping, the Lord sends him or gives him a dream and begins to speak to him, specifically to him, about his father and his grandfather and the promises that God had made previously to them. And he says uh, in verse 13, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord thy God of Abraham thy father and God of Isaac, and the land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it and to thy seed. And to thy seed. Verse 14, And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south, and in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Verse 15, and behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all the places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. This is God talking to Jacob. And the Bible says that here is Jacob's response to the dream in verse 16. And Jacob awakes out of his sleep. And he says, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. Now, Initially, when we uh, begin this lesson, I asked you uh, to reflect on times and spaces in your life or perhaps ways that you might minister to other people that are in gray areas that are in seasons of life that they find it difficult to describe. Maybe it's their marriage. Maybe it's their profession. Maybe it's their family life. Whatever it might be, I asked you to um, reflect on um, what that, uh, how we might minister to them, how we might uh, think about those, those seasons in our own life that seem sometimes to be in, in, inexplicable. Jacob does not uh, intend to be in the place that he is. He is journeying from the place that he lives back to Beersheba. It just so happens that it gets too dark for him to travel. It becomes almost impossible for him to get to the place that he is going without stopping to rest. He did not stop at a glamorous hotel. He did not stop in a city that was well known by, uh, by, by people. The Bible says that his stop meant that he laid on the ground and took his coat and wrapped it around the rock and there he laid. It was not a convenient place. It was not a comfortable place. It was not a place to write home about. It was not the, the type of accommodation that you um, would write a review about, but, but it was a place where God intended uh, for Jacob to be. It was a difficult place, but it was a place that God intended for Jacob to be. It was not ideal, but it was the place where God intended for Jacob to be. Jacob's 
first reflection about the place that he had found himself in was that this is an interesting place because it's not the place that I thought it was. He thought it to just be a, a, a place where he um, would have um, a, a, a stop, if you will, perhaps a, a place where he would just be temporarily. When God um, becomes involved uh, in, 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 in Jacob's journey, the place that he deemed to be um, the least comfortable or insignificant turns out to be the place where God intends to manifest not just the promise that he has for Jacob specifically, but also the promise that God makes to his father Isaac and to his grandfather Abraham. Bless the name of the Lord. What, 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 what can we uh, 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 draw from that? That sometimes we get in places that we deem to be insignificant, but those are the places where God manifests his strength. Those are the places where God shows his might and power in our lives. Those are the places where God demonstrates his sovereignty and power. So it is not, it, it doesn't mean anything uh, to, 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 to Jacob, the place that he is. It's a layover, it's a stop. But to God, that becomes a, an opportunity for him to speak into the life of Jacob. Now, Jacob is, 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 is clearly discomforted. Jacob is, is, is on his way back to face his brother for whom he stole his birthright. Jacob is on his way back to um, to interact or interface uh, with his uh, loved ones for whom he had not seen since he had been um, swiftly um, uh, relieved of his responsibilities there in Beersheba. This is the first time that Jacob is returning to Beersheba. But God um, has uh, more for uh, uh, Jacob. I, I can imagine that Jacob is anxious, right? He, he, he's nervous about potentially what will, what will uh, transpire in Beersheba. How will they receive him? How will they embrace him? Will they hug him? Will they love him? Will they um, talk about how he left? Will they, uh, will they whisper about him? I'm sure he wondered. They, they probably wondered how he was doing and how he uh, how his life was going, and and, and so uh, we have every uh, uh, inclination here that 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 uh, Jacob was concerned about um, his return. Uh, to Beersheba. And here's what Jacob um, says in verse 16. I didn't mean to stop here, and I didn't think that the stop here meant anything, but I'm learning, this is what he says in verse 16, that surely the Lord is here. Surely the Lord is here. Let's make that uh, affirmation uh, to ourselves. I am in a place that perhaps I don't want to be in. Perhaps I don't feel comfortable in. Perhaps it's not the dream life that I planned, not the car that I wanted to drive, not the house that I wanted to live in, not the situation that I envisioned myself to be in. I didn't put this on my, uh, uh, my vision board at the beginning of the year. This is not attached to my uh, New Year's resolution. I just happened to land here and, 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 and Jacob realizes that as a result of what God reveals to him in a dream, that this place actually means 
means something. This is the place that even though I don't want to be here, God intends for me to be here. So he affirms in his spirit that this is not an accident. The, 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 the reason and the place that I'm at, I'm trying not to talk with my hands because I watched last week and I was like, oh my gosh, I do a lot of chit-chatting with my hands. So I'm trying not to. But the, 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 the the, the, the realization that, that, that Jacob has is that the thing that didn't mean anything all of a sudden started to have meaning. I think that God, um, even in this consecration, is going to bring meaning to things that we counted to be meaningless. I think that in this consecration, God is going to bring meaning to places that we didn't think uh, meant anything. I think that God's going to use dreams and miracles and signs and wonders and preached messages and, 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 and Bible studies and Bible band and YPWW and Sunday school to reveal the things that we thought to be um, the things that didn't matter the most. See, it, the thing that makes the place where Jacob is uh, valuable is, 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 is seated or, 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 or listed in, in Jacob's very interpretation. The first thing that he says is God is here here. Listen, the thing that makes where you are matter is that you are not there alone. God is there with you. He is entangled in the details. Like he, he orchestrated the place that you're in. It is not a mistake. You are not in a place where that, that, that somehow catches God off guard. He's not confused about the place that you're in. He's not confused about the season that you find yourself in. He is in in the details. He is in the details. He knows what he's doing with the pandemic. He knows what he's doing with the church closure. He knows what he's doing. Even right now in your household, nothing that we are experiencing is an accident. The thing that we must be assured of is that God is present. God is present in your furnace. God is present in your lion's den. God is present in every difficult corner of your life. He is there with you. He is there with you where you're trying to make that sale so that you can meet your goal at work. God is there. He is there with you when you're um, dealing with that difficult child and trying to navigate education and trying to figure out the, the sickness and illness in your body. He might feel distant, but he is there. That is the realization that Jacob has, is that the place that I didn't think meant anything is actually the place where God dwells. Look at what uh, the, verse 17 says, and he was afraid and said, how dreadful this is this place, this none of other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So not only um, do I realize that this is God's presence, but I become uh, uh, scared because I underestimate Estimated the place that I was in. I underestimated the power of God in this place. Verse 18 says, And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it on the pillar and poured oil on it upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city that was called, it used to be called Luz. And that means a, a, a place um, where things were transferring or happening or things that were, were difficult, but God um, renames the place because God wants um, for, for Jacob not to see it as an obsolete place, but a place of meaning. And then God wants 
four, 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 for Jacob to know that the place where he is, is is land that he will own, land that is the is, is subsequent to a promise that he made to his father and his grandfather. And so Jacob is enthusiastically making a vow in verse 20. He vowed a vow saying, God, I remember we talked about his anxiety um, around going back to Beersheba. And so he, he, he knows that he has had an encounter with God in a place that he didn't think that God was. And so he starts talking to God. He can feel the presence of God. And so he starts to talk to God. He says, uh, if, if God, in verse 20, if God will be with me and will keep me in, in, in this way that I go on my way back to Beersheba, and he will give me bread to eat and give me clothes to put on, verse 21, so that I can come again to my father's house and I can come in peace. Notice that. Then shall the Lord be my God. And verse 22 says, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth of it back unto thee. So there Jacob makes a covenant with the Lord. God, get me through this difficult time in my life and God, I will praise you. You will be my God. I will not forget your, your power, your majesty, your strength, your provision. I will not forget it. And so our lesson the significance of our lesson, the revelation of Bethel in the life of Jacob should be a reminder to us of God's everlasting presence in our life. He has his hands in every detail of our life. He will not allow a promise that he has made to us, to our father, to our mother, to our grandmother, to our grandfather, to die. He is a God that cannot lie. He will come through for us. Whatever he says that he will do, he will do. We have this promise. We have these promises, these promises in his word to stand on and to be reminded that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And so he demonstrates that in the life of Jacob. We'll talk more uh, about Jacob next week. But what a powerful lesson and what a powerful reminder during this consecration at the beginning of 2022 that God loves us so much that he is involved in the details and every detail of our life leads to the promise that he has made to us. I'm going to say a word of prayer to close us out, but I want to uh, engage you immediately following uh, this lesson to take about five minutes to reflect on what it is that you believe that God wants to say to you uh, through this lesson. What is it that God wants to be your takeaway? How is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart even now? And then I also want you to think about how you might minister to someone else. Maybe something was said uh, during this lesson that would cause you to think, I should share this with somebody that needs uh, to be encouraged. I want to encourage you to do that. I want you uh, to remember that you uh, are not uh, a natural being in a spiritual world, but you are a spiritual being in a natural world, and you are called uh, not for the natural, but you are called to the supernatural. And as God ministers to your heart, as he encourages you, as he speaks to you, he will give you what you need. He will 
equip you with what you need, not just to encourage other people, but also to encourage you in your heart. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this privilege, this honor to talk about your word. We thank you for the example that you give us um, of reconciliation uh, and love and, and, and promise keeping through the life of Jacob. We pray, Father God, that as we reflect on this lesson, as we reflect on the experiences that we have had, Father God, that we will see your hand uh, in the details and that we will recognize, Father God, that you love us so much that you have not forsaken us and that we are not alone and that you are a God that does not lie and you keep every promise that you make. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you and we look forward to seeing you next week.